Bloom, you know how I can tell that the Rona is running rabid again? <laughs> How's that? No more toilet paper. Oh, really? Well, I a uh, couple things going on this weekend. I so I I had some groceries that were supposed to be delivered. Yep. On Friday afternoon. Yep. <clears throat> I didn't get them until Saturday morning, which is fine. I, I whatever. It's like first world problems, right? And like the cleaning supplies that I asked for just didn't show up because they were all out. So people are anticipating another lockdown, perhaps. Uh, yeah, I feel like that. And then um, sounds like uh, the toilet paper aisles are completely out. Hmm. Why is it that we, as Americans, when we get afraid, buy booze, guns, and toilet paper? What is the situation here? Man, need to go to a psychology class to figure that out. I mean, you're just you're just worried that those are the things you're going to need the most. Guns. I don't know what in order. In what order? Guns, and alcohol, I, and toilet. And let's paper. not use those three things together. <laughs> uh, big shout out to uh, Mectine, Mectine Corporation, for sponsoring the uh, weekly Williamson Bloom. Uh, maybe we're going to start calling it again the it's quarantine podcast. The, yeah, we're headed that way. <laughs> uh, we're just trying to make everybody smile. There's nothing funny about the coronavirus, but. Um, we may as well. Bloom and I have been locked in our houses with our kids just yelling at us all weekend. So we're having a Cody Road, the special Psych One Fanatic um, staff barrel pick right now, and we're enjoying it. Uh, Mechdyne.com, where you can go to their job openings page. If you are wanting to get into the tech world, if you're an IT professional, it's a good spot to get your start. They do. Uh, they hire a lot of college students to do their uh, 24-hour tech line. What a great company to get involved with early on in your career. Go to mechdyne.com for more information. You said, uh, what did you say, a psychologist? What did you, what did you say? You were, uh, psychology yeah, class. That, that's kind of what Chris Clover is to me. I got a problem, uh, Tex Clover. I will say. Over at Mechdyne. For the, for the young people, if you want to get either a part-time job or a full-time job early in your career, anything with customer service is a good oh, bet. Yeah. Because that is a transferable yeah. skill no matter what direction you go. What do you think about this Cody Rowe? Oh, man, it this is good. This barrel pick. This is uh, super smooth. It's uh, very buttery is how I would describe it. Yeah, you have more of a refined palate than I do, but it's uh, it's going down smooth. As you said, uh, it was a long weekend with the little ones. I told my wife, that my two-year-old is basically Shaky Smithson. And, and, <laughs> the Utah reference. Yeah, and I'm the Iowa State uh, defense and special team. She didn't oh, understand the so reference. You, you really struggled this weekend. <laughs> it was a struggle, man. It did not have an answer. If did not have an answer. If ever it is Shaky Smithson, then Elise is Bam Morris. There you go. <laughs> or, oh, buddy. Or can I go Ron Dane for a little more relative? Bam Morris, Texas Tech. Yeah, I was trying to go big. I'm trying to yeah. think of like a really big yeah, the, uh, the bulldog old, uh, of a running back. Old swack days. Just run right over you. Yeah, oh, my god. I watched, watched Bam Morris um, play in Lincoln. My dad used to, we used to go to Nebraska games like whenever. Uh, this is back in like the Tommy Frazier, well, Brooke Berenger years. It was closer to oh, Lincoln yeah. for you than anywhere else. Hour and right? a half. Yeah. Um, but we would go and watch like elite players. That was our thing. 
And I remember one year going to watch Bam Morris. And I remember reading the sports page, the Omaha World and Herald sports page at a McDonald's on our way. To, we were in like probably like <laughs> Plattsmith, Nebraska or something like that. Yes. And I Bam remember Morris. reading about this Bam Morris guy in Nebraska won by like 50. The question is, was that his name before he became Bam Morris or? Uh, I don't know. It was Byron. Oh, was it? But he probably earned Bam. What was the uh, uh, the, the the old Florida State running back? This is a blast from the past. Many probably won't know. Pooh Bear Williams. Pooh Bear Williams. Do you remember him? I do. Pooh Bear. Yep. He had a little bit of a... Um, Bo Williams type career where he had like a really big like kick return like his first play and got everybody fired up and that was about it. I will say our friends at Cody Road probably remember this name. Maybe the best nickname in Iowa State history. James the Eel McMillian. Because <laughs> he was a punt good. returner and he was really good. Actually had like three in a year once. The, the Eel. Eel. The Eel. Slippery. <sighs> 90, I want to say Nick. James the Eel was like 91 to 94, somewhere in there. He was pre-Troy Davis. Used to uh, watch that guy when I was rolling down the hills. Where should we start today? What? So I will say this to promote what we're doing, and I'm I'm absolutely terrible. I know we got good vaccine news. Yes. This week. That and was I, Monday, wasn't I'm it? I'm not going to be all feels, negative. Feels a long time ago. I'm terrified for what Q1 is going to mean business-wise. For everybody. Yeah. Um, so I want to promote our Patreon <laughs> and our uh, premium um, page. Anything you guys can do uh, to um, support. We're, we're doing fine right now. It's recovered nicely. I'm terrified for Q1. I think Q1 will be the worst quarter in the history of Cyclone Fanatic, but that's okay. We've been smart with our money. We're not doing dumb things, but... Um, and that's for all of our um, small businesses out there. So whatever you guys can do, I, I just truly mean this. We're going to be doing a thing, uh, coming up with a couple of small businesses. Uh, in the next couple weeks, you're going to hear us promoting them uh, that are big cyclones. And I just, uh, you know, we're they're paying us for advertising, but it's not much. And it's a deal where we're all just kind of joining together and trying to support one another during the holiday season. I, I it's always important, but Brent, do you know how easy it's going to be this year for people to just to buy everything on Amazon? Yeah, you know, no, for and sure. Not go oh, out I'm, a, and I'm a Prime member. Like I, yeah, it's, yeah, it's so am I. Easy. I'm not being a hypocrite here, yep. but like I, I want to give Cyclone fans an opportunity to support in even our store. Like I'll self promote it. We've purposely uh, put a bunch of new items in our store to try and so if you if you have a Cyclone fan in your life. You want to buy him a Cyclone hoodie, whatever. That's cool. Check out the Cyclone Fanatic store. We're trying to be an alternative to that. Um, but then uh, we've got a the Van Veen chocolate shop down in Pella. It has given us specific promo codes for Cyclone fans to ship directly to who they're you're giving a gift to. They're huge Cyclone fans. And then um, I'm really excited about the other one, and I'll tell you more about it, but it's a young guy. He graduated not that long ago. I had a good conversation with him last week. He he works at Iowa State, um, but on the side, his family farms, and he has created, I think it's a brilliant concept, and I, I told him, I asked him if I could buy into his business because I think it's so smart, but he's shipping meat from his family's farm directly to consumers. There you go. How amazing is that? It's hard to get meat right now, too. Yeah. So, uh, well, he's going to he he's got a hog going to there you go butcher this week specifically for the fanatics. So, just 
there you go. I'll get off my soapbox. I'm, I'm terrified for Q1. I think a lot of people out there are too. Uh, do what you can to support local uh, small businesses, as always. Um, the Kansas State game coming up. The reason I said that with the Patreon thing, I put out a long newsletter this morning. Saw that. Uh, Elise had me up at 5 a.m. I just sat at the kitchen table while she played, and I cranked it out. There, uh, there's, been, there's a lot of movement going on right now with Kansas State guys. If you followed their COVID situation last week, I don't feel comfortable saying I'm, I'm leaning one way or another. There's no if way any, to know. Yeah. If anything, I would lean like that there would be a game, but if – if there, I think that's something we need to talk about here is the Big 12's philosophy on how this works. Oh, for sure. I don't think a lot of people get it. It is significantly different than how the Big 10 and the Pac-12 are rolling it out there, which is why you haven't seen near the amount of Big 12 cancellations this year. We can get into that. We'll talk about the game itself. And, and then the tiebreaker situation. Yes. Should, it, should it matter? I, I, and I'd also like to talk a little bit about basketball season because yep. I'm hearing from coaches all over the country who are vastly concerned about how this is going to play out, um, even with the vaccine. And I, I think I, I think I have a good idea. It's not my idea originally, but I've been thinking about it. I think I'm going to write about it some this week. So that's what we're going to get to. Massive week in the Big 12 next week with Iowa State, Kansas State, and then, then Bedlam. So two huge games in the league, probably not a week in the league that's going to go as far to decide the champion or the at least the championship game participants in this one, right? The, I mean, the next two. That, that, that yeah, because in Kansas. They're in Texas. Texas I mean. for Iowa State. I mean, that you're, you're running into it. I mean, truthfully, this game, the K-State game, you want it, you need it in some respect, but you could lose this game and beat Texas and still be okay going forward. So, sure. But the, the next two weeks, I think we'll, we'll have a really good idea. I don't think that game between Baylor and Oklahoma State, which is scheduled for, scheduled for the 12th, the only way that's going to matter is if Oklahoma State... Well, let me, let me take a step back. I don't think that game will matter at all, actually. Because it, it, if it's... And we'll get into the situation. But, yeah, long story short, these next two weeks, we'll have a better idea of who's in Arlington come uh, the Sunday after Thanksgiving. Yeah. And I would say it's still right totally in the thick of the conversation. So this will be fun. That's why, you know, the whole COVID situation with K-State is interesting, but there's still ways around it. Okay. Um, let's talk about that. Okay. So the point spread came out today. Uh, Iowa State at nine. And to be honest with you, <laughs> I texted Todd Kirk, who I do the Action Fanatics podcast with. And I said, because I don't, I don't bet on Iowa State, but yeah. I said if I did, I would pound Iowa State here. Yeah. And um, which was interesting to me, given the response of that point spread. <laughs> Iowa State fans, rightfully so, are terrified of Kansas State, sure. and it seems like a large number, given the history of this series. But I'm, you know, I'm really accounting for two things here. One is I'm asking myself, is is K State a little bit of fool's gold here? You know, they started four and zero. They've lost two in a row. Yep. Um, you know, the Oklahoma win was the second week of the season. Oklahoma's a totally different team now. So is Kansas State without Skyward Thompson. Yep. 
Their other wins would have been against Tech, TCU, which is a good win in Fort Worth. I won't take that yep, away from them. That was without Thompson. Yep. And then Kansas. And they played really well against Oklahoma State. But I, uh, so, so I give them credit for that. But this, to me, feels a lot like playing Baylor. Like going into that game, right? Where you knew that defensively, at least I thought, like, okay, they're going to give us a run for our money. Sure. But I, I had real questions about Baylor's offense, offense. going into that. Uh-huh. Now, Baylor's offense played a lot better than I thought they would. I give them credit for that. But to me, like, this seems like a 10 to 14 point game going into it. And I'm not even factoring in COVID at this point. Here's the problem with the history. I think everyone's thinking about the history and not necessarily this current matchup. And that is, to my memory, Iowa State hasn't defeated Kansas State by a touchdown, not to mention nine points, just a touchdown since 2005. Like, K-State has, has had Iowa State's number for the last 15 years. Of course, Iowa State won two years ago, God, but it took an epic comeback to get there. Do you remember those damn Arrowhead games? Oh, my gosh. Do I? I was Our, there for both of them. They were both extremely main painful. Main man. Uh, well, the, the kicks, and then Arnaud just barely overthrows Alexander, Alexander Robinson. Robinson. Yep. Yep, that was 2010, that one. So, and then last year was honestly, you know, Purdy was hurt. It was super windy. Couldn't throw the ball. But that was a domination in the trenches. K-State just owned Iowa State up front. Campbell told me after the season, and, and he said this too, so I'm not I'm not stepping out of term here, but he told me he was way, like he thought his program took a step back that day. Yep. Where Notre Dame, he's like, they just beat us. They were, like, we played really hard. Like, we were tough. He was really down on the team after that Kansas State game that you're referencing. That, that was, I mean, that was the one where you're just like, man, I thought we were f- further along than this. And K-State just out-toughed, out-physicaled everything Iowa State, and it looked like they were the team on the rise and not Iowa State. Now that, again, I think you look at Iowa State's changes in the offseason, somewhat dictated by that game. Oh, I think the strength coach, <laughs> right. I pointed a direct finger <laughs> yeah, at that. Here you go. Yeah. yeah, I mean, I think that's pretty, pretty obvious to the to the naked eye here. So this one is circled for Iowa State, but what K State does, it's the same reason why Iowa gives Iowa State fits, is they just don't hurt themselves, and they're just splendid up front. They can run that stupid zone run scheme, <laughs> and they just do it over and over and over, and then that's inevitably, zone run <laughs> inevitably they they house a punt return or a kick return or something. And you're just like, ah, just you know you're better than them. Just why we always say the analytics hate this. They do. Team the analytics they don't hate pick up on that garbage. They just don't and they don't they don't have any penalties. They're super well coached. I mean, that Oklahoma State game last week was just a K State special. Yeah. Where they had no business talent wise being in that game, yet they're ahead most of the game until I mean, credit Oklahoma State for rallying, but I don't know if you saw my reference to them. Um I, I watch a lot more Big Ten than I used to because of the the radio show. It is crazy. Like when Northwestern's good, they play. It's it's a total Same. ripoff of Kansas State. <laughs> like I'm watching Northwestern this year. I'm like this this team sucks. <laughs> like how winning. are they undefeated? Keep winning. They just keep beating these teams. Yep. No, they don't have a great win on their schedule, but it's like they're not they're not a four zero team. Here's why I think this is a little bit different for Iowa State, though. Is they have I think this team has some mental toughness. 
And then I think they're still really good against the run. And if you can make K-State yeah. one-dimensional and trying to throw the ball, you're going to feast on them. You're just going to feast. It's what it's what West Virginia did, and that game was non-competitive. And I, and That's I think, how I see this game right, going. I lean more to that that type than what we saw in Manhattan a year ago where okay. K-State was able to control the line of scrimmage, could run the ball. I mean, look at, look at Thompson's numbers in that game, who is a better quarterback than this Howard kid is. And I think he was like 10 of... 21. Like, he didn't throw the ball well at all, but they didn't need to throw the ball. Skylar Thompson will be like, Jess settles. Like, he's, <laughs> he's going to keep You know he's back. coming back. And then, he, you know, because this, this year's... It's a question for some for these guys. Like, Iowa State's got several of them. Who wants to Like, come if back? you're Greg Eisworth, what do you do? I don't know. Or you're Landon Akers. Like, Landon Akers is 23. Football's different, too, because it, it wears on your body. Yeah. And it, Landon Akers isn't going pro. Like, at some point, you just say, all right, I just want to go like, have a job. Jaquan Bailey will probably go pro, right? I would think he would try. Right. But, like, what if you're hearing feedback that, like, you're not going to be drafted? Then do you, do you come back, or do you just get on with your life? Like, do you... It's a tough call. I think he'll I think he'll play in the pros. That will happen. But. These these conversations need to be had by all these student-athletes. It's very difficult. Of yeah. you know, do you want to take one more year of not earning a living, whatever that living is, to try and now looking back, if I had another year of college, I'd probably do it. Yeah. But at the time we were in the same boat, we're like we were ready to take on whatever. Um and you think that yeah, you know, you're on this grand path. Sign me you, up, get me down to Shannon you, though. You don't you don't realize that <laughs> that missed year of how fun it would have been to go to people's for another year. Man, I'll never or forget that thumbs. first year because I, I was living in Shannon though in that apartment. And Carper and the guys would always call me on like mm-hmm. Wednesday nights, like 2 a.m. Like, I'm getting ready. To, I had to be at work at like 4. Yeah. Like, guys, I can't do this anymore. I had been at Fremont Mills calling a volleyball match <laughs> until midnight got, the night before. They've got the two I, I literally have a I literally have a three-hour window to get yeah. some sleep on my $24,000 a year salary. Some, occasionally, you'll, you'll get to the, you know, Current students will will call us and say, "Hey, do you have any advice?" And a lot of times, my advice is, "Man, don't rush it." Mine's always, <laughs> "Hey, get a business degree too." <laughs> yeah, that too. Chase your dream, but get the, get, get that the business, business degree, yeah, get that too. marketing degree, or get that finance yeah. degree. Uh, anyways, I think it'll be interesting. I, I mean, you, when we don't know K State's COVID situation, so you've got not only Chris, you've got the K State situation, you've got the fan issue as well. Well, yeah, we'll get to that. On the, on the K-State deal, real quick, whatever their situation is, is not going to be good. No, because either they haven't practiced much or their guys yeah. aren't available. So, I wanted to get to the fans, too, but I want to just wrap this. I think it's important to point out the difference in the... So, why have all these other games been canceled? The Big yes. 12 has only missed one game good, this good year. Good point. Okay, is it... Oh, the Big 12 student-athletes are so much better at taking care of themselves. Not really. Now, in some particular cases, maybe. So, the 53-man roster thing. In the Pac-12, I know, and I'm almost positive in the Big 10. Yeah, it is in the Big 10, I believe. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. It's a 53-man scholarship roster. Okay. In the Big 12, walk-ons count. Oh, that is big. So if you have the threshold of playing like walk on <laughs> X offensive lineman, X defensive lineman, X one quarterback, I think is what it is. You have to play or it's a forfeit. Mm. 
in the Big Ten. So this was the big controversy with Nebraska and Wisconsin. Wisconsin tapped out. They said, "Hey, we don't. We're not comfortable with the way this is trending. We're just going to shut it down." Correct. Yeah, that's why. So similarly, and not a lot of people know this, Minnesota was in the same spot prior to that game against Michigan. Hmm. Ton of dudes are out. They play, got their asses kicked. Mm-hmm. So a lot of people, higher ups in Nebraska, believe it or not, I actually have some connections over there. They don't all hate me. They were pissed because they're like, "Well, okay, you can play." You're just opting not but, to. And like they were looking at Minnesota the week before. They're like, well, those guys. So now. They think Wisconsin's protecting themselves from a potential yes. loss. Not even that. Maybe that. Or maybe even they're saying like, hey, we're better off to just get completely 100% ready to it go. Ain't. As opposed to, you know, limping into this. And like, you know what I'm yep. saying? Oh, even yeah. if they would have won, yeah. they were thinking we then can still continues. get our six games in. Yeah. And we're going to get all these guys who have it. Then they don't have clear. to get tested again for 90 days, right? Yeah. In the Big 12, walk-ons count, which is really important. So, like, with Kansas State, the the way I understand this, and I ran this through a couple of my friends in the business today, in order to cancel a, a Big 12 game, you've got to just get pummeled at one spot, basically. One like, like, your group. whole D-line has to yep. be out, or your whole offensive line has to be out. And... You know, I don't know. We're not privy to the information of where Kansas State is at this point, but I think it's important that fans going into this week have a somewhat understanding of how that works because it's different in league to league. And then is the period different as far as Big Ten, Pac-12 versus the Big 12? Like 21 days, you know, you read about the Big Ten. Is it just 10 for the Big 12? I mean, what's that sit-out period for either 14. positive okay, or contact tracing, so it's really bites you in the ass? Yes. Iowa State, would if, if Iowa State was in the Big Ten, they would not have played the Louisiana game. No, yeah, they would have been out, no doubt. Because of contact tracing. Yes. That game wouldn't have happened. You're you're absolutely right. But it happened, and that's yeah. good. You look at what why the Louisiana game? Well, we've, we've learned now after the fact that yeah, and they're and they're good. Guys out. Yeah, like, they're good. You know, right. you can't just you can't just not practice. If and you then... play a shitty Sun Belt team, you probably win that game. Right. Like a good one, you're. I mean, like, do you remember like all the tweets? Like, man, Iowa State looks so slow. Well, it's because they haven't practiced. You know, like, but whatever. We're not making. Yep. It, it's just. It is what it is. That's just kind of part of navigating through this year. But I think that's why you also look at why is Iowa State favored by. Nine to ten points. Correct. Like and I was trying to got, explain that. Got to look so, at that part too. Yeah. Now, would it shock me if this game goes down to the damn wire? Never Absolutely not. But um, when I saw that number, I was like, "Oh, I would bet on Iowa State here." We we in guessed, single digits. Go back and listen. Last week, we had it at ten to twelve. Yes. Not saying that we know everything, but and that was prior to knowing about Kansas State's COVID situation. Right now, I would put it at like twelve to fourteen. I would too. Um, real quick, before we move on to the fan conversation, I want to give a shout out to our friends at the Franklin Barbershop. I actually met a guy at our, um, at our Cody road, um, tasting deal the other night who came up to me and said that he, he, not only does he go to Franklin Barbershop now, just because of the podcast, I love it. 
but he goes during Price's right time. <laughs> Seriously. It's a good man This right is there. a real dude. <laughs> I wish I would have uh, had more time to talk to him, but I appreciate that. And, man, uh, talk about supporting small businesses. There's one to support. Franklin Barbershop, 2701 Beaver Avenue in Des Moines. Phenomenal dudes. They're great supporters of what we do, and we love hearing about our listeners going to support our partners and advertisers. Um, fans at the Kansas State game, this gets rather difficult. I feel like we've been here, um, but Bloom, I mean, if we're just going off of history, they're not going to be fans there on Saturday. Well, not totally true. Campus-wise, okay, let's remove... Let's remove the state of Iowa from this. The fact that we don't have hospital beds and all that stuff. I'm not, I'm not, I'm not even, let's, I'm just talking directly Story County and cases on campus. Okay. Which was the major problem at the end of August, early September when that Because all the students had just gotten back and there was the big spike that we knew would come. I mean, percentage testing at that point was like, they were looking at 30, 35% positivity and they had like 600 cases. Okay. Last week in Ames. In Story County, they're around 10 to 15% positivity rate. On campus, they were up around 160 cases. So, while not great, I mean, look, just look at the number state of Iowa. I get it. Like, it is not Which good. Which it's natural at the state, if the whole country is rising, that the campus would too. Yeah, Iowa State's going up. Yeah. Like, I've, I've been totally one that say, hey, look at the cases dropping. It has gone up now at Iowa State. But the I'm last saying three it weeks. doesn't necessarily mean people are just jacking around. It, it, I mean, it just filters in like that's why it's, it's impressive getting, that it's gotten cold. The, it's, I, the Iowa State student athletes have stayed in their bubble pretty well because it's kind of closing in around them a little bit. I wonder if we'll get a report on Monday. I, I will be very, very curious about that, too. I hope so. They just need to be transparent yep. either way. Like. Yeah. So. And, and again, there's no way to know. There is zero way to know if there has been cases trans transmitted in Jack Trice Stadium. But you went to a game. I've been to all those home games. I think the mask wearing is pretty. I mean, most most are doing it. Most are doing it very well. I know there's sticklers about it, and you're still outside. Which you know why why the rise in cases? I think because people are more they're going inside more, and Halloween parties probably didn't help a lot. I mean, there's a lot of these get-togethers now that are happening, and people are whatever they're they're relaxing their their uh, protocols too much, but the fact is Jack Trice Stadium is still outside. So while I would understand all the decisions based on where we're at in Iowa and as a country, I still think based on what I've seen, it still seems pretty safe in Jack Trice Stadium. And I think the numbers bear that out from the cases or lack of really skyrocketing cases in September and early October from games that have played there. So I did some asking late last week. And I thought that my assumption, just knowing how the athletic department works, was that if since they hadn't announced anything, then they were going to go forward with it. And then I was also told, don't assume anything. It'll be middle of ne- next week, and we'll let everybody know. So and, what and- I, you know, take that however you want it. I'm just going off of like. I mean, this, the governor of Michigan tonight like shut down everything. Sure. So, like, but, you, but again, you got to look at 
but politics of Michigan compared to Iowa. Oh, it's vastly different. Yeah. Like Kim Reynolds has made it abundantly clear that things are going to keep moving on. Right. So, um, man, I hope there's fans just from a purely selfish football standpoint. I think it makes a really big difference, but you also, I, I just wonder, like this clearly isn't a Pollard deal. We learned that the last time. No. So I've got, how, I've got something else for you here. Okay. The pushback the first time around came from some campus leaders that were nervous about the the outside people coming in and then having COVID infiltrate Ames campus, etc. The semester's over this week. Okay? The the semester is over on Friday. Then everybody's they're gone. They're gone. So And you're not gonna have students sticking around for the game because can't get in. Right. So you're not again. You're not worried about then those cases. If you're if so, let's say you're a faculty member and you, you were nervous in the end of August because here I am. I'm trying to prepare for my class. I'm gonna have all this COVID around and it's gonna be a bad deal. Well, the semester's basically over again on Friday, and so you don't have that fear if you're a, a, a faculty member and you have some political power within that Iowa State community to to raise up a red flag. I mean. Sure, you could still raise up the red flag out of principle, but it's not going to impact the semester because Iowa State's been off for two months. How much about these public health people? Because I mean, because now you have to factor in like hospital beds and stuff. Yeah, sure. I mean, obviously they'll have some say, um, but from what I understand, the last time around, it came from some pressure from people with influence within the faculty. That's and the, it went from there. People Pollard was all pissed off on when I did that podcast with him. You can connect the dots. Will they come after him now after that podcast? Well, but I, again, I think it, it comes from they were, and it may be a legit fear for sure. Like if you have to teach a class and you've got COVID around, yeah. you don't want all these people coming to come into campus. I understand that, but yeah. you don't have to worry about the class situation now. Like, so I think that if you want an argument in favor of fans, that would I know. be one. Okay. Gun to your head. We have fans. Yes. Same number. Yes. Like it. I mean, I'm just, I don't, I don't I, think that I went there, much has changed from Iowa State's perspective. I, I was so impressed the game that I went to, the Texas Tech game, which is how spaced out everybody was and the mass complaint. There's not going to be anything perfect. But my point is, if anybody's uncomfortable, there's so much space in that stadium where you can get away from people. Right. You don't have to sit like right in your seat. Right. Right. Like, so. Or if you don't want, if you don't comfortable, don't go. I mean, that's the other part. I mean, you you have that decision. I know right. it's not optimal, but you still do have that power. I have one other COVID thing here. Yeah, let's because I do think it. I think we're trending this way where there's going to be a Big Twelve team does not play nine games. It's possible, right? So then you ask yourself, well, what does that mean for a tiebreaker situation? If you have a tie, one team is let's say. Uh, Seven and one, the other one is six and one, or whatnot. You can do the particulars. The Big 12 has a formula in place that, depending on what the average number of games played by everybody is, potentially, potentially, a team that is, let's say, uh, seven and two, and a team that's seven and one. If the seven and two team beats the seven and one team, they're into the championship game. So, okay, 
So that is important that Iowa State gets this game in then. Yeah, I mean, from that standpoint, from that, it's so, so again, but or if Iowa State doesn't that's play, that's kind of bullshit, though. Like, if, I if mean, I, <laughs> like, what I, if Iowa State can play this weekend? Kansas State can't. Iowa State in seven one. Like, I, and they lose, or like, it gets really, that's kind of garbage. I might have botched that, but there are some weird, weird old tiebreakers <laughs> where it comes down to basically if you have the head to head over somebody, you're going to get the advantage. Today's Cyclone Fanatic super patron is a really good guy. I got to spend some time with this this guy. Um, it was down in the Bahamas last year. Really good, Matt Beatty. You know Matt? I know him from Twitter. Yeah, really phenomenal dude. Um, Southeastern Iowa guy. Uh, used to root for. He he says, "Quote the team out east." He won't even say their name. <laughs> Because he didn't know any better. He became a Cyclone when he attended Iowa State. He was a marching... You know how much I love the, love the marching band. Absolutely. Huge band guy here. They make the atmosphere. You take the band out, then it's a boring NFL preseason game. It has helped, actually, the, this year. The band is phenomenal. Even if they're in their own Wait malaria. until Hilton's empty. Man. And having a band is going to be the, the difference in everything. Yeah. Uh, but he became a true fan in 97. He watched Iowa State get blown out at Minnesota. Remember that game? Iowa State uh, led in that game. 97? Uh, yeah. 2-2 yeah. uh, Atwell was the kick returner for Minnesota. <laughs> well, Matt says he felt so bad for the team that he became an instant fan. <laughs> <laughs> Matt's only missed one home football game since he started college in 97. That's really impressive. He has season tickets for football, basketball, and wrestling. And he says he decided to become a super patron because the Cyclone Fanatic staff does such a great job and after years of being a freeloader, I wanted to make sure that the quality content that Chris and the staff produces uh, goes well into the future. So thank you so much, Matt. I appreciate you, man. Matt's one of the uh, great dudes out there. He's always supportive. He's Even if he's wanting to be critical of us, he's not. But he's just yeah. a nice human being, and he makes us want to. It makes me want to wake up and keep doing this every day. So Matt, thank you very much for be, being a patron. Thank you, Matt. Two, two, two Atwell was two, the, two the, Atwell. the shaky Smithson before shaky Smithson. <laughs> the, the old timers know what I'm talking about. I was at that game at the dome. I thought it was the coolest thing. So like 97 Iowa state plays in Minneapolis and the mall of America was like three years old at the time. Oh. When's the first time you went to the mall of America? You know, I, I can tell you when, I know the exact date when we went up to the Vikings. You had Vi- been there before then? We went to the Vikings, Patriots, Patriots Monday Mon- Night yeah. Football. Oh, um, six. It was the. Seven? It was. Oh, six. Uh, 2006. It was the breakout of the five wide Patriots spread <laughs> offense. And they just. Ana- just, they just destroyed yeah, decimated the Vikings, and I went to the That's I went funny. there and I bought an Antoine Winfield jersey <laughs> at the Vikings team store. That was my first time at the Mall of America. Wow! So mine was this uh, Iowa State game <laughs> in '97. You were at that game, yeah, Jeez. yeah, as a 12 year old, and we went to the hat store. Which I thought was the coolest thing that the, lids. It was like lids or caps or it, all these things had a Z in them because that makes them cool. And we thought, this is the craziest thing. There's a store in a mall dedicated to just hats. Yeah. And so I had to get one. And then Iowa State had the lead. 
I think the, I think JJ Moses was the starting running back that day in '97, and then all hell broke loose in the fourth quarter thanks to Tutu Atwell. You know what? So it's funny when I think of Minnesota. Do you know who I think of with an Iowa State tie? Could be about anybody. Lawrence Westbrook. <laughs> That's one of my names. Yep. Do you remember him? I do. Committed to Iowa State he, under, under uh, Wayne Morgan. Wayne. And we thought, what, 45 points a game in high school or something yeah, in Arizona? He, he was Arizona's leading prep at the time. Uh, Wayne leaves, and then he ended up at Minnesota. I don't think Greg wanted him. Yeah, I don't, I don't I think, think it kind of got a little weird. Everything was really – so that's going to be a chapter of the book. <laughs> the So we're doing a big transition in our country that may or may not happen right now. The transition from the Morgan to McDermott eras was similar to what's going on in Washington right now. I'll just leave it at that. Uh, not a willing participant. and There was more tampering going on at that <laughs> two-week span. God, there's so many. But Corey Johnson held on. This is... Yeah, and that's the one guy Greg was like, yeah, I'll take him. I'll take him. What did happen to Corey Johnson? Uh, he went to Drake, didn't he? No, he went to uh, Valpo. Oh, uh, did he? I think he went to Valpo. I think okay. so. I think that's right. So everybody's always like, Williams, why are you such a McDermott homer? Well, I have my reasons. I think the guy started off on <laughs> I don't think you, he ever would have wanted Iowa State, but like, I think that he he started off pretty rough. That needs to be... Uh, that needs to be a chapter in the book. Or summer series next summer. Yeah. And we can just spill the beans and tell some of those stories. No, not, we don't have to just say it all, but it was Greg's tenure at Iowa State was very interesting. Yeah, I mean, think of all those draft picks. And he's had success everywhere but at Iowa State. Yeah. So what's the what does that say? What is the dom- denominator here? I mean, he had a lot of things that were his own doing, but a lot of things that went against him that were not his fault. Correct. And inter- just interesting guys all the way around that program. That. But that, like, 72 hours. That was crazy. Between Morgan getting fired and, well, I guess I should say, like, two, like whenever Greg got hired. But all the stuff that went on was so crazy. You want some more Cody yeah, Rhodes? I like some more of that barrel pick. Here, I got I to gotta put it up next to the. Thank you. Do you remember? <laughs> kind of sounds like I was peeing. Remember the D1 scheduling fiasco? Yeah, and then Greg Doyle, Greg Doyle. Put, it, put his nose where it didn't belong. <laughs> yep. And then, true story, McDermott got offered the Kansas State job. Yes. Forgot about that situation. And, so this, again, this is crazy, like, butterfly effect. K-State offers McDermott. He chooses the Iowa State job. K-State then goes and hires. Um, don't tell me. Um Bob, Hug- Frank Bob Huggins? Yeah, Bob Huggins, and then Frank Martin got it. Yeah, yeah. Bob Huggins. Yeah. And then, then he gets Beasley. and Yeah, and then it created the monster that was Frank Martin yep. because he was on the staff. He was on the and, staff. And then the ball was already, the snowball was already building up. Yep. But so Greg literally had a K-State offer. That is a fact. I actually think he would have done well there. I think he, in a, in a weird way, this sounds so strange to say, and maybe I'm giving the guy too much credit, I think in a different circumstance, he does well at Iowa State, too. I would agree. 
I think he learned a lot from what happened in Ames, why he's been successful at Creighton, and he has been successful at Creighton. Totally agree with that. Yeah. So that's a, that'd be a good podcast. I'm, I'm Some when when he's not like in recruiting. So I have a very good relationship with Greg, still to this day. Yep. That'll be a really good off the record like. Me and him sit down and like could do you, a series on that. Could you call it a legends pod? I mean, yeah. he wasn't necessarily an Iowa well, State legend, but he would be an interesting he, story. We talked about so we were at Okaboji like four years, three years, Fourth of July, however many years ago that was, and we talked about doing this. But like he's so classy, he's like you know, like he, he water under the bridge. Well, he didn't want anything to sound like negative on Jamie. Yep. Um, and he's still coaching and recruiting, so it's like there's no point. When he retires, and I think he'll be a guy, I don't think that Greg will be a guy who coaches until he's like 80. I just I don't think he will be. Sure. I think and, he'd rather play golf. And I don't know if it, That'd is, be a really good podcast. I don't know if there's really anything negative that Jamie would have done there. Because no, Jamie I don't think was, Jamie... Jamie retained the guy. Jamie gave him yeah. every opportunity in the world, this and is, then they bring in Nick Nurse. Right, I was just going there. <laughs> They had the NBA's coach of the year potentially on as an assistant. Yeah. And then... And Otzelberger, who's at UNLV Right. Now. That was a hell and of a... And Jeff Greer. Yeah. It was the other assistant. Yeah, you're that right. Been, I mean, that would have been interesting just on its own, but it never happened because three days later, uh, Gray goes to Creighton. Now, I, I, I actually did the research on this. It's a great book. I'd like to read that book. However many years ago, it was when Nick... Nurse won his championship, so I I asked Jamie. I go, "What did you guys pay him?" Yeah, it was something like one hundred and fifty thousand dollars for like three days of work. Yep, it was a full year salary, I think. <laughs> yep, <laughs> only at Iowa State. But they had just gotten paid by Creighton. Creighton had to pay Iowa State. To yeah, Gray, so like, but, but still, the the whole just thought of. Right, oh, Nick Nurse doubled his salary from the Iowa Energy yeah. for three days' work. He just paid off his mortgage right there. For sure. And now it's yeah, nothing that, it's what that guy's getting now. And now, like, anybody associated with, with Nick Nurse is getting yeah. jobs. So, my buddy, so I worked I were, I sw- four months for the Iowa Energy. Yeah, you were basically Nick Nurse's bitch. <laughs> Something like that. Uh, Between him and Stan Van Gundy. <laughs> I mean, you're just holding yeah, jock straps all true. over the NBA. I'm, and now Stan back. Stan back. He's back. Back in the league. I'm surprised you didn't get a. Why spot did in the I get a call? Office. Give me a call. I'm connected to greatness here. Um, no, but this is cool because I think the guy is fantastic. So Nate Bjorkren was Nick's unpaid volunteer assistant coach for the Iowa Energy. He's from Storm Lake, and he unpaid for two years for the Energy. Like he drove himself to games. And that's here he is crazy. now. He's the head coach of the Indiana Pacers. So that's your guy. Good. And he's just a good dude. Like, I would never have thought back in 2009, 2010, when I spent four months with the energy, that I'd be around two future NBA head coaches. It's, isn't it crazy how it works, though? It's, and it's just wild. So, good. But anyway, cool to see for the 17 NBA fans in Iowa that there are now multiple Iowans as NBA head coaches. Yeah, NBA draft coming up this weekend or this week Wednesday. Uh, Wednesday night. I just um talked to Stansberry making sure we're gonna have a lot of coverage for that. I'm terrified that the Bulls 
draft Tyrese. I really want them to because they're my favorite team, and Tyrese is one of my all-time favorite young people to come through Ames. I just the the Iowa State Bulls connection, Bloom. They can't like. Yeah. Does this new GM have any clue about the painful history between the Bulls and I, the Cyclones? I would. I would hope. Jerry Reinsdorf is reminding him him of that, but Jerry Reinsdorf has other issues right He's now. He's a total imbecile. <laughs> he would really fit in well with that roster. But. What do you think about Larusa? Larusa's your guy. He's not my guy. I, of all the people I've ever spent any amount of time with in sports, he might be my least favorite human being. He's not a friendly person. He's a horrible human. I think he could actually work out there for like a year or two, <laughs> just to kind of get them all. Going, but okay. He's horrible a, human. I probably shouldn't say that. He's mean. He's a he's, he's a mean. mean he's a mean old man. I will. I that's a f- interesting experiment for the White Sox. Good for them. So I think Tyrese, though, honestly, he's he's getting picked before pick number eight. Is his is his uh, floor? I would say. The so Bulls the, really like it. The Bulls do. I've heard the Knicks would grab him if he's there at eight. I think the Hawks want him. So I, there's uh, there's and multiple, Trey, uh, and then you you hear the the wolves T wolves really like him, but they don't want to take him at one because that's risky to take God, somebody I'd, like Tyrese at one. I'd so they're to gonna have him in Chicago though. They're gonna try and reacquire another. He'd pick actually to get him. fit really well with White and Levine. Oh, totally. Because he could just totally take the and pressure off of those guys. He doesn't need to score. They got enough you guys know, who want to shoot. Marking in in the corner. He could fit really well there. I actually, I with, you know, now that now that we cleaned house and got the imbeciles out of there, I actually like our roster. Well, and then keep in mind what Billy Donovan did with like Shea Gilgis Alexander, the kid from Kentucky, who's like yeah. that rangy point guard, you know, really solid piece. Tyrese is in that same mold coming out. So thinking about getting John Halberton on a podcast this week. I would love it. I'd do it after the draft. Yeah. Good for Tyrese, though. I mean, to think that he's going to go from an afterthought of that recruiting class to a multimillionaire here in two years. Tyrese is in um, – he's been working out in Vegas, and uh, that's where his agent yep. is. And I know this is kind of cool, total insider stuff here, but I know that George and Naz both went to see him this weekend. Give him some advice. To wish him good luck so and cool. do all that stuff. And I, I think that's really cool. Yeah. I, I don't know how much most fan bases care about it, but I know Iowa State's love Iowa State fans love to see that. And I know like George and Tyrese are if if they're not best friends, they're really damn close. Like they're they're insanely close and it the fact that they're just like, Yeah, we're gonna we're gonna fly in just to wish this guy good luck was that's really pretty neat. The stuff they do on social media is not fake. No. I think those guys all like each other. So we'll have coverage of that coming up. So I have this is the last thing I really wanted to hit on. And then we'll do a really quick uh, guess this point spreads. Uh, but before we do that, I want to thank our friends at Gravitate Coworking. Uh, you can check them out at gravitatecoworking.com. We've been hitting on all this. And now more than ever, I need to sign up. I, I know I keep saying that. Um, I need to go in there on the days that my daughter, uh, they're back at hybrid now. You know that? Yeah. Yep. And yeah. They're, they're back at hybrid. Figured. I need to I need to just start doing Bloom, I'm going crazy in this office. It's a nice office. Like I've got my whiskey bottles everywhere. I've got my books. It's the change of scenery. I've got there. my Myron Blythe jerseys That's right. hanging up. I'm going crazy in here. My my creative juices are no longer flowing. Like it's all like 
terrified, being terrified about Q1 and just, you know, wanting to dip into that Cody road that I see over yonder. I was going to say, if you, if you work around all that stuff, that, you know, the delicious whiskey, you're right. Um, but if you go to gravitatecoworking.com, you can learn about all the great things that they have to offer downtown, the, uh, gravitate Valley junction and gravitate Jefferson. This is great. Uh, it's going to be their first ever one in, in rural Iowa, but uh, I think this is the future. I think that uh, I hope my main man Jeff Wood is listening to this. Stick with it. Yeah. I think even though come on the other end of this thing, we've got all this great news about vaccines. I think a lot of companies are looking around and going, "Why are we spending ten thousand dollars on rent?" And like to me, if I owned a company with more than like three people. Like, this is a decent investment for me to make. This is a hell of a lot better. Um, and and, and I, I know that they would encourage people to ask their employer, employers about, you know, spotting them for something like this. So think about that. GravitateCoworking.com. And I'm telling you, you're going to see it more and more if you enjoy your job, but the headquarters might be elsewhere mm-hmm. in the nation saying, hey, I've got this dedicated office space. I can work remotely right here in Des Moines, but you still need that office space to not be at home all the time. That's going to be a big deal. I, I completely agree. I think that this, I actually think that this gravitate co-working things about five, 10 years ahead of its time. Yeah. That's maybe, why I say, stay. maybe even just 18 months. Yeah. Stick with it. And that's going to be a big deal. Um, they need to cancel the non-conference basketball season completely hear me out don't don't do this all right the smartest thing we've seen on basketball is what the acc coaches put out months ago about put every team in the ncaa tournament this is a one year this year doesn't mean anything anyways like we don't have anything like we normally do for college basketball so play conference only do double headers make it as safe and easy and um, economic as possible by the time March rolls around, we're going to start this 305-team tournament. Vaccines are going to be available to people who need them. Think of the freaking energy yeah. and ratings behind that deal. Just do it. Like, this is – you think the last couple of weeks of college football have been painful? Buckle up. And then you have to factor in women's hoops. This is going to be a disaster. So, let me play devil's advocate. Don't you want to get those – weird happenstances out of the way in non-conference rather than conference play. All right. Like, like if you, well, if this you, is what they should have done. So the big 12 has an alliance with the sec and the big East. They should have played those games. They should have made, you know, Iowa state plays Seton hall and DePaul and South Carolina and Tennessee. Um, you, you, it, the, the big 10 has the ACC and, and who, whoever, the fact of the matter is, like, Arkansas Pine Bluff should not be coming to Ames. Well, I would assume, I don't know this, I would assume they're under the same testing protocol. They are. I actually did this, I made that yeah. call last week, and I have confirmed that, so any of these non-conference teams are going to have to go through that testing protocol. Just like Iowa State paid for Louisiana's. Correct. In football. That's how it will be. So I'm just, I'm trying to think, okay, let's think about this all the way around. And I, first blush, I agree with you. Like, it's very dangerous. However, 
one, you're dealing with 12 people on a roster rather than 75. So the odds of transmission, you know, once they go through, then you should be okay. Think about contact tracing. You're right. So you once, could wipe no, out a whole roster. Totally, totally. But that would happen once. Okay? You see what I'm saying? So, like, in the Big Ten, though, like, if that happens in the middle of the season, they're out three weeks. Penn State can't right. play for three weeks. Okay. I understand that. Like, that would – that's the worst case. What do you want to bet? Let's make a bet right now. We both have two Cody Rhodes in us. And I drink a I drink one before you came. <laughs> Good for you. This non con it is going to be an embarrassment. like not and you I don't got, blame you're anybody. You're gonna have canceled games left and right. There's no more than, we, to more than we can keep track of. Yes. Oh that, I'm not I'm not debating that. But it doesn't hurt you at all either, in my opinion. Why you know what I mean? Because because if you if you have a game scheduled with Pine Bluff and Pine Bluff says, "Oh, sorry, can't make it," you're not out anything. If How are you going to do an NCAA tournament like the way it's set up? You're, I don't know that part. Like, how the hell is all, Northern Iowa going to get in that large? Here's the problem: the rate, all the ratings indexes are based on a very robust non-conference. The non-conference portion of these rating systems are more important than conference because conference, then you're just strength on strength. You know, Iowa like, State... There's no way to measure. Iowa State could have like seven wins this year and make the tournament by the RPI if they're just playing big the 12 RPI teams. is going to be a joke. That's like, what I'm saying. Yeah, there's no way to know. So just let everybody in. It's a one-time deal. Nobody's losing I, a year of eligibility. I do think you at least have to think of expanding into like Every team. 36. Every team gets in. I mean, the the mechanics of trying to, to schedule that thing are, are difficult. Here's the part why you're still going to have non-conference. It's strange to say, but ESPN and Fox Sports 1 are really going to struggle for inventory in late November and early December. There's I, nothing going on. I also heard, too. They need those games. Pretty good sources here that a lot of the Blue Bloods are really pushing for the non-conference because they're, you know... Like, this year, like, Iowa State is, you're like, man, I hope we can somehow get into the tournament, right? That's like, if you're not, if, if you're a realistic Iowa State fan, that's what you're thinking. But, like, think if you're, like, a Duke fan. You don't think that way. And they're thinking, like, well, how can we secure a one seed? We need wins over X, X, and yeah. X in the non-conference. And like, look at Baylor's schedule. I mean, Baylor's playing. Look at Iowa's. Iowa, same way. I mean these so these are made for TV matchups by a lot of them and they want them to happen and as long as ESPN and Fox Sports are behind them they're going to try and make it happen. And again, I come back. You're still you're dealing with 12 guys on a roster compared to 75. So while yes, the risk is there that if you if you if you have contact tracing and you have it go through your roster, you're out for 3 weeks. I think that's a risk they're willing to take. Man. And by the way, why are you so positive? And by the way, I was already had like ten cases, from what I understand. Like they've already, <laughs> they're so they're set. They should be set. I was a good so take the over on their take the over wins. on I was wins absolutely because they they literally had like everybody on their basketball rosters so they have like ten cases already. Where Iowa State is n- not in the same boat, but and selfishly, I just would like to have some basketball going on. And I mean, I would November, too. Like I, obviously, I'd rather have the season. 
Like, I mean, you I'm make not, valid points. I'm not sitting here rooting against I know. it. I know you're not. But everybody tells me in the industry how important the NCAA tournament is so they don't all lose their jobs and go bankrupt, right? So if that's the ultimate goal, shouldn't we, we be like, how do we get there? Yeah. No, I get it. I just don't know if, if having non-conference games changes that one way or another. Like, if they get canceled, they get canceled at this point. They're still going to schedule them. But you are you are dead on. I 100% agree. Day of games, you're going to see a whole boatload. So we're just going to fly uh, Arkansas A&M U State Tech <laughs> to Ames and then Bath. All right, you guys got to go back. No game. You'll you'll know the day before at least. And then we're gonna throw you all on a bus, a Rona infested bus together to get home. No, you'll know. Or will that kid have to just stay no, in Ames in a hotel room? You will know before they get there. They will test the day before. Oh, they'll test them there. So we're gonna send our kits to Arkansas. Yes. Oh, okay. That makes way more sense. Yeah. Oh, they're not testing them when they're in Ames. I was gonna say they'll test them. Just like football, I always think it's tested like 10 in the morning the Friday. So if you have a non-conference game, you'll get tested the day before you fly out. And they won't let you on a flight to the opposing arena if you test positive. So I do think there are some protocols in place to make this safe-ish. You're never going to protect entirely. Um, but the, it is, Chris, it's it's a total roll of the dice. I, I mean, I'm not naive here. I'm not trying to be like Mr. Negative. I'm just, I what I'm trying to do... You know me. I'm all about a five-year plan. I don't. You live want to in, protect it. Yeah. I don't know. live in the moment, and this is a total character flaw of me. Ross Peterson gets at me all. I don't enjoy like what's in front of me. I'm always thinking five years down the I, road. That's fair. It is a major character flaw. I need to get rid of it. But I'm looking at this, and I'm like, okay, we lost the NCAA tournament last year. I know how much it funds all these little athletic departments across the country. Listen, I, I'm sorry, Drake. Like, you're going to get screwed this year, but long-term, this is better for you because you're going to get that NCAA tournament yeah. check from CBS. They, uh, You know what I'm saying? Like, that's where my mind is. They will have that tournament. They have to. Yeah. It's happening. So there will be a season. In some capacity. You saw the Ivy shut down to January, and I get tired of them, honestly. Yeah, the Ivy does nothing Thank for you. me. I mean, it's like, because it got a lot of news. White collar... You know, it doesn't impact them. They're, they're they, drinking, they are not. They, they are don't not have impacted. TV contracts. They don't exactly. Thank you. Their pinkies are in the air. That needs to be said with any mention of the Ivies. Well, the Ivies without yeah. a TV contract, it's easy for them to do that, right? But you know, somebody's yelling at their radio right now, and it, they're saying that we don't care about human life. And that the Ivy League is trying to, they're the smartest people in the world and they're trying to protect sure. humanity and that all we care about are our sports. Well, I would challenge you and say there's another side of that. I think football has proven what can be done and what can't be done. Yeah. And like basketball is not going to reverse course here. Have, I mean, there really haven't been, I don't know, it's like the fan thing. It's impossible it's to impossible know. It's impossible to know. All right. The only. Football thing that I can think of where it's like there was a spread from one team to another was South Florida Notre Dame. That's the only example. The right, and I mean, I'm sure there's probably some more out there, but it's like, did anybody die from that? Like, 
You know, if you want to get all high and mighty, I'm reading that book that I told you about, about uh, the, the Freed Zakaria yeah. book, you know? Yeah. Brilliant, by the way. I mean, can't put it down. If you really want to get, like, high and mighty about anything, it's how do all these athletic departments and, like, sports teams just have unlimited tests available? <laughs> but then when my yeah. <laughs> diabetic aunt needs one, it's going to take her six days and then five days to get a result. That's bullshit. You know, like, if you want to get high and mighty about anything, about, you know, human life I, and all this stuff, that's a problem. And I don't I don't blame the athletic department. Nor do I. I blame the others who... We should be We should be at the point, eight months into this, that we, we can figure yeah. this out. Do I blame Jamie Pollard for that? Absolutely no. not. I mean, I, I'm glad, because I actually... I. I got roasted by the political left for this, but I, I said about, and I stand by it, when baseball was getting back going, I said, I think these guys have a moral obligation to play if they can for mental health of Americans. And I truly believe that. Yeah. Could you imagine this fall if we haven't had college football? Oh, man. Men no, I'm serious. Mentally, where would you be? If you haven't had that distraction from everything else. It's been hard enough. I don't, and, I don't, and we are both gainfully employed with healthy families. Totally, yeah. Right? Like, so we have it really well. Yeah. Could you imagine the mental health of tens of hundreds of thousands of people without these distractions from willing participants? Nobody is forcing these guys to play football. Yeah. No, it's a good other side of the story. Yeah, for sure. I man, what a world though. So let's. I, I'm an optimistic person. One last thought I want to ask you. Okay. Because I I got a couple texts about it today. Oh boy, what did I say? You, nothing about you. Okay, good. On a uh, on a, I should have another Cody Road. I should be nervous or, no worries. Get some sleep tonight. Uh, Matt Campbell in Michigan. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, okay. So, what are my options again? So, should I should I have another Cody Road? Like, uh oh, or don't worry about it. Get some rest. Get some rest. Yeah. Okay. I I tend to think that way at this point. Here's why. One, although South Carolina, yeah, they just completely fifteen mil out the window for them to get rid of Muschamp. Like, whoa. <sighs> Like, I thought there wouldn't be any major, major moves like that because of the, the finances. But apparently they had 15 mil they could find. Well, So Michigan's going to have 8 Brent, mil to find for Harbaugh if they want to find 8 mil for Harbaugh. You know, my mom is from South Carolina. I, I, you've mentioned that. Yeah, she loves the Cox. And um, so I actually have I got his book over here. But my great uncle, Dean, uh, was a long time... God rest his soul, journalism professor at the University of South Carolina. He was a big cock guy, too. And th those people are nuts. About yeah. football? Like, it's a totally, like... Well, they're getting... They're, Clemson's their rival, and they've been it, embarrassed. It's the same deal down there with... They're, they're chasing this ghost... That is Dabo, which they're not going to catch Dabo. And as long as Dabo, Dabo's there, yeah. yeah, like it's their their second fiddle. Yeah, 
But think about how many good SEC coaches have been fired trying to chase Nick Saban. Right. You know, there's the whole, like, oh, the NFC, the AFC East. Like, why does every team in that league suck other than New England normal? Because they don't have any stability. Yeah. They're always getting fired because they can't beat Belichick and Brady. Fair. You know, like, so we do this to ourselves as sports fans. It If Ohio State hasn't been through one of the great runs in the history of its program, which says a lot, would Jim Harbaugh who's had a top 20 team in four of his five years, not excluding this year, would he be getting fired? No. Correct. So uh, it it wouldn't surprise me if they make a move. I actually think Jim would leave for, on his own. Um, then he'd be out eight mil. To, let's not be naive. If Michigan calls Matt Campbell, he has to talk to them. Yeah. Do I think... Knowing, uh, ha- having had the conversations that I've had this weekend about it, because everybody, it's it's become a thing. Do I think it is an absolute like slam dunks th- that he would leave? No, I do not. I think that Matt Campbell. I know. I don't think I know that he truly believes that what he's built in his building at Iowa State is a perennial Big Twelve championship contender. Think Oklahoma State when they started getting going under Gundy. Yeah. That's what I believe Well, we have here at Iowa State right now. And if you think about it, and maybe I've, again, I've had two of these Cody Rhodes. You want a third? Uh, potentially. I'll see where this conversation goes. But wouldn't you have, I mean, this is surreal to say, do you have a better chance of making the playoff now at Iowa State than you do at Michigan? Yes. I absolutely because believe you're not that. you don't have Ohio State there in your backyard. You don't have Penn State there. Um, you just don't have. I mean, the Big Ten East is difficult, and you have time. Like at Michigan, like if and you, you have time, right? Like if you go eight you, and four, three two years. years in a row, they're going to want to fire you. You get three years there, or else you're out. Yeah. Where at Iowa State, I mean, I'm looking at okay, this year you're not making the playoff, but look at next year now. I mean, you're going to be. You're right there with Oklahoma as the favorite in the conference. Iowa State's a top 15 preseason team next year if, if Campbell stays. I totally agree. So, I mean, I think you look at it, and then the Big 12, sure, Oklahoma's always going to be there as long as Lincoln's there, although we don't know how long Lincoln's going to be there. There's uncertainty with Texas. I think Tom will be there another year. But, I mean, I think you just look at the conference and you go, man, if we have who we think we have – and that roster depth is still pretty good for at least a couple more years. I want to ride this out. And I think, and, and that's the other part is Matt is so smart where he realizes I'm not going somewhere so I can cash a big check for three years and I'm out. I mean, there are some, re- and now he's a guy that thinks he can win anywhere. Don't get me wrong. But you also have to realize where your program is in relation to the rest of the conference. And, you know, what's what's important here. And I think he just really likes the names. We had a great conversation with Bill Fenley. Yeah, go check that out if you guys haven't already. It This might not be known. Bill got seriously, I don't know if he got offered. I don't know how close it was. But he was rumored in like 20, anyway, two th- somewhere in the last 15 years to take the Texas job. They wanted him hard. Like they, they went after Bill hard. He didn't take it because he thought 
you know, Ames is home. This is where I need to be. Mm-hmm. Could Bill Fenley have won a national championship at Texas with that talent and his X and O ability? I think it's it's very possible. So I think you just got to look at all these things to know uh, where what what is most important to somebody. And Matt wants to win a national championship, but I think you honestly have to have the conversation in the next three years. What's your better to, to make a championship? You have to make a playoff. What's your your better path to make a playoff right now? I think in the next three years, it's Iowa State over Michigan. Man. I I can't disagree with you. <clears throat> Which is crazy talk. I understand that, but I think that's the nature of the reality right now. As Matt would say, that's the reality of the situation. The reality is, uh, and and I always tell people this, and this really doesn't mean anything at the end of the day. Like if an offer is good enough or if you're enticed, whatever. But don't look past like, who Matt's idols are. Yep. A division three coach, Bill Snyder, Gary Patterson. It's not job hoppers who, I think that that's important to point out. And I, I, I would put like, if I had to do odds right now, um, okay. So, Let's do a futures play okay. on Matt Campbell. 2021, Matt Campbell is the, is the coach at Ames or is somewhere else, which can be anywhere. I would put it at like minus, minus 225, he's still at Iowa State. I'd go higher than that. Minus 300? Yeah. Okay, that's fair. I was it, Honestly, initially I was going to say 400, and I'm like, well, that's too much. Because the, you just the NFL yeah. will have some interest. The Jets are already um, some blogger. I, but, you know, there's already stuff out there. Sure. But I also think, too, uh, to your original point, and the reason I pointed that out about the South Carolina job is if I know one thing well, it's it's the Cox. And they're, I don't yeah. think that's going to be normal. Okay. I think that there's going to be less movement in college football I, this offseason than ever. That's what I thought. That's why it's shocking. Same with basketball, too. You, I mean, you can't, if you can't find money to, if you're asking all your staff to How take are you going to ask cuts, your like, entry level SID no. making $40,000? And you're going to buy out your coach for 15 mil? Are you serious? You can't do that. Yeah. That shocked me today. I agree. I don't think Harbaugh's going anywhere, if, unless he wants to. If, if he. There seems to be rumblings from insiders that he has considered making a move back to the NFL. Which would if make he sense. does that on his own, that's one thing. You got to remember too, Michigan, the Big Ten has kind of dug itself into a corner on this COVID thing. I think it's a little hypocritical that their presidents were like, "We shouldn't play." And now you're going to be, now you're gonna be buying people out for totally. $10 million. And then you have to factor in Campbell's buyout on top of that. Yeah. No, yeah. So it's it'll end up being like, I don't know what Matt's exact number is, but Michigan will have to write about a $12, 13000000 million check. Yeah. If it was Matt. And then, so I think, I mean, honestly, candidates, like you're going to get, you're going to hear it. Get used to it right now. Matt Campbell's going to be on the list. 
Luke Fickle at Cincinnati is going to be on the, all these lists. There's already a thread about the Jets job with Matt. You're just he's gonna, not going to the Jets. No, I promise. But I just like either he could have done that. Before. Acknowledge, acknowledge. He could have gone to Florida State yeah. last year. That's a damn good job. Acknowledge it's going to happen, and ignore it. It doesn't. It doesn't do any good to to reference all these things I, that will. I think come Matt along. Campbell will be the. He- I think he'll be the head coach at Iowa State in five years. That would, I, I that'd be great if so. Just saying. Okay. I don't think this. I don't. Is a, I don't you, know. Nobody knows. This isn't a Fred situation, right? No. Yeah. Different. Different ball game. I actually. I don't mean this in a bad way. Because I love Fred, and I don't blame him for taking the Bulls job, at all. I think that Matt. And even Steve Prohm are more loyal to Iowa State than Fred was. Fred, I think, all along to those close to him, it was obvious he wanted to be an NBA coach. In the, you know, why I say that? Read his contract. Yeah. When he was at Iowa yep. State, it was obvious. Matt, I think Matt has more aspirations to be an NFL GM someday. Than he does head coach. Yeah. And if he, I think if Matt does go ever to the NFL, it would have to be a deal where he's an NFL, he's a head coach slash GM, or it's like the Vikings with Spielman, who's from Massillia. That he knows. Yeah. You know, like he's got to have a great relationship with that GM. So I just think it's really limited on jobs that Matt would take because of all the, he wants to be the CEO. Like he is That's a different type of best, Fred yeah. wanted to be a coach. Fred didn't want to deal with all that stuff. I'm not yeah. blaming him. I th- I truly believe Steve, if he could, he would sign a lifetime contract and retire at Iowa State. He loves it. Yeah. I thought Fred always had Steve Prom could have moved on a couple times. Yep. yep. Like two good jobs yep. that are closer to home, all that stuff. Um, but he but he never did it because he. Talk to him. He's like, I, I have unfinished business. I've got to win for these fans. Like, I, I that's just truly how Fred was always, I thought, even during the time, going to take that big NBA opportunity when it came to him, whenever that was. was So when I say not loyal to Iowa State, I don't want people to think, I mean, he, the mayor's given plenty more than. <laughs> yes, I don't blame him. 99.9% of us. My point is, I don't think Matt ever took this job going like, yeah. is this going to get me the Patriots the job? Step, stepping stone job, yeah. Right? I think that Matt could have like been like, okay, Understood. I'll coach here for 15 years if I'm happy. Yeah, I th- He's I mean, a different cat. Like, he's a small town guy. He went to a D3 school. Now, he could yeah. take the Michigan job. Sure. I'm not promising. I don't know. But I also, I, I think what you said is valid. And he's got something that he's building here with legitimately two Heisman Trophy candidates coming back next year. Yeah, Brock's, I mean, I guess. I don't think Brock's going pro. I don't think so either. Which is good. I mean, look at at the, I mean, it's. He would have two Heisman candidates next year. The roster next year is. It's stupid. Stupid good, potentially. So. So you've. Yeah, you got to look at that. We should have led with this conversation. Yeah, I know. Let's get to, uh, there's plenty to come because that's not, that's not going away. That one. Let's do a guest line real quick because I'm kind of curious. It's my favorite game of the week. 
I don't have a lot to look forward to. We're uh, an hour and 15 minutes in this Sorry, week. Sorry, I just I got to play guess the line. This is this is how we avoid our kids <laughs> for a couple hours. So just bear with us, everybody. All right. Uh, you haven't looked at lines this week? I saw the Iowa State one. You just said it. But. Did you see the Iowa line yet? No. This one has had a nearly a six-point swing since it opened. Oh, Iowa at Penn State, just guess. Oh, Penn State was so bad yesterday. For You know Iowa's uh, power rating? SP plus? No. What is 12th it? 12th in the country. Jeez. They, I mean, because they, they blew out two, quote-unquote, decent teams. Minnesota is not. I Well, I would agree. But anyway, so that. I mean, Fleck. Fleck is lucky that Harbaugh is just completely crapping the bed. And Franklin so for that Franklin, point. yeah. <laughs> Both of them. I will say, based on that, Iowa minus three. Uh, so, it, believe it or not, this open Penn State minus three, it's now the consensus is Iowa two and a half. Yeah. I mean, it's it, been moving all it's day. It's based on what I saw. And I mean, I think Iowa's legitimately. They, they're, they're as solid. long as they're doing what they should be right. doing, they're pretty good. I, I mean,. Again, when, you, you can't have Spencer Petras throwing it 60 times. Like, what in the hell was Brian Ferentz yeah, doing this I think first th- two weeks? Based on what I saw at Penn State, and Nebraska made them look awful for two and a half quarters. So Nebraska's really not bad this year. They're not horrible. Compared to the last two right. years, like they've, I think they've he's still, they've got some stuff going. I think he's heading in the right direction. Yeah. Keep now. an eye on them in the next. Yeah, I would agree. Yeah. Um, Texas at Kansas. Oh, no. I love these games. I love betting against Kansas. <laughs> it's it's one of my favorite. But if you're going to bet against Kansas, you need to do it early. Uh, it goes up. Yeah, it always Well, moves. they had half the roster gone against Oklahoma. That was the... Yeah, we're hour 17 into this. Mech Dimo. That was the goddamn lock of the year. <laughs> 30, 34 and a half. 29. Pound, up. pound Texas. Going up. Style points for uh, Tom. Kansas State, Iowa State, believe it or not, has moved from 9 to 11. Okay, that's right on par with what we were thinking. Yeah, it's already moved to okay. 11. If I would post that on Facebook, our Facebook audience would lose their shit. Well, it's the same reaction Whoa. you get. <laughs> <laughs> same reaction you got when you put, said Purdy was the Unitas finalist. <laughs> Jeez. You would have thought you posted that aliens were discovered on what? Earth. That was just a press release. I know it was. I was just the people did not did not appreciate that. It was literally a press. What record. are they? Th- what are they watching? Uh, Oklahoma State at Oklahoma. Whoo! Oklahoma by ten and a half. Close nine. Good guess. I'm getting locked in now to the Big Twelve. What we're thinking here. I'd probably play Oklahoma there for what it's worth. Yeah. At nine, I would. If, I if think it Oklahoma was, State's defense is legit, though. I do, too. But, I I mean, have you watched Oklahoma lately? Yeah, no, I know. Yeah. They're not That's losing. That's going to be a They're what not time, losing what a game, time, coach. What time of game is... That's time, the night game, so... Right yeah, I don't know if I have to do reaction. We'll figure that out. Yeah. Do I have to? Either? We can do it. We'll both do it. Okay. Um, What else do we have? For Big Twelve, I'm not seeing it. I think TCU. I think West Virginia TCU. That that cluster that the cluster is yeah. not a good word to use these days. That group that played this week, is I think, off. is off. Texas Tech, Baylor. I think they strategically did that for COVID reasons. So those are the only Big Ten 
Big 12 games we have. You know, that Oklahoma-Oklahoma State game doesn't, well. You ride Oklahoma there, dude. Do we want Oklahoma to win? I mean, I've tried to fix tiebreaker wise. I'm not even. I'm not going to get a headache over it. It's been a long enough day. We'll have to do that this week. Yeah, though. I'll run the scenario. Because I think the fanatics want to know. Yeah. Yeah. So, uh, chore number one is make sure K State can play. God. We were talking about mental health earlier. I just don't know what I'm going to do. There's no game. Yeah. Yeah. I can't handle it. It's. Uh, it was weird this weekend without the Vikings on Sunday, which I've been rooting against them, believe it or not. But still, it's like, it's comfort. It's crazy, though, that uh, women's basketball starts now Wednesday the 25th, and then the men's first game is the 29th, so we'll still have some, we'll, we'll get a little, little more, bit more going here soon. So, rest up. <laughs> All right. Uh, thanks to all of our great sponsors, our great Patreon members, premium subscribers. Appreciate everything. Uh, Bloom, uh, you're the best. Stay safe, everybody, please. Yeah, don't be idiots. Just and be nice to each other. Just be nice to each other. That's it. Uh, have a great week. <laughs>